You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. What's your definition of love and where does it come from? Jesus told us there's no greater love than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. As we focus on love this Advent season, we look at the picture and definition of love that God gives us. If we are looking for a definition of love, we can probably just look around every day and we'll see some kind of example of what, at least what the world is trying to tell us love is. Um, Songs, books, movies, we'll see uh, the examples before us. Hadaway asked the question, and I dare you to not sing this in your head, because I know you will. What is love, right? And how does he answer it? Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) And Jen's over here laughing. Foreigner sang a few years back, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me, right? And when we think about love, what do we base our definition on? You know, what is it that, that we think love is? Do we find our definition of love in, in the movies that we watch or in the songs that we hear or sing or in the books that we read? And just take a moment and close your eyes and try to imagine a, a picture of love to you. Like what kind of image comes into your head if you stop and just close your eyes and think, If I had to define or describe love in a picture, this is what it would be. What are the words you think of? What if love actually doesn't look the way that the definitions are coming at us? What if the definitions that we get on a daily basis are actually a differing or a different uh, definition of love? I I want us to take a a look at a, a clip. Stick a needle in that kid's arm, it's gonna go right through him. Come on, girls. Look at that. He's making me cry. I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Do you know how long it took to set up this project? All the groveling I had to do in front of Senator What's-His-Name's committees? Yes, I know. I am well aware of your efforts. Then throw me a bone. Hodge passed every test we gave him. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders, he's a soldier. He's a bully. You don't win wars with niceness, doctor. You win wars with guts. Get away! Get back! The dummy grenade. All clear. Back in formation. Is this a test? He's still skinny. Jesus tells us in John 15, 13, that greater love has no one than this, than to, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You know, the, the definition of love that Jesus gives us is that we're willing to make sacrifices. We're willing to lay down our lives for our friends. And in Captain America, before Steve Rogers goes through this transformation and this enhancement, he's a skinny little thing. And when Tommy Lee Jones' character, 
the, the colonel looks at him. He, he sees that skinny little thing. He says, you know, I can't even stick a needle in this kid's arm. And he's looking at all the wrong things. He's looking at the outward appearance. And yet Steve Rogers is committed to bravery. He's committed to fighting for his country, even though he doesn't really have the physical features there. You know, Colonel Phillips points to the guy who looks like the soldier, but when the chips come down, what does he do? He's hiding behind the jeep. And I wonder if we've ever really stopped to consider that Jesus threw himself on a grenade for us. That Jesus was willing to go and throw himself on a grenade for our sake. He gave us the definition of love and then he lived it out. And I wonder if we are so caught up in what all these other definitions of love that are coming at us say and we miss what's really in front of us. Are we getting so caught up in looking at the wrong things that we miss the right ones? And we miss what the real definition of love is. You know, when the world was looking for a Savior, they, they were looking just like Colonel Phillips was. They were thinking to themselves, well, it's got to be someone big and strong, someone who's going to fight for us. God's people in the rest of the world were looking for this warrior king to come and to, to save them. And they were looking for someone who would vanquish all their enemies and, and fight for them. One who could go before them and they, they wouldn't be afraid. They were probably also looking for someone who is easy on the eyes, right? Like who, they, he looked the part. Not just physically, but, you know, just looking at them, you'd say, okay, well, that's the one. And, and you know, who can blame them? We have that tendency to do that over and over and over again. The prophet Isaiah wrote about how unbecoming and unremarkable the Messiah who was coming would be like. It wasn't the one that you would expect. In fact, in Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3, this is what Isaiah wrote. He, he wrote, He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. There was nothing about Jesus that would make us say, he's, he's the guy. He's the man. You know, despite all the depictions that we've seen in, in movies and other things, um, Jesus was not a looker. He, he wasn't someone that right out of the gate you'd say, oh, that's got to be the Savior. That's got to be the Messiah. In fact, Isaiah says, it's like someone we would hide our faces from. <laughs> Can you imagine? And yet, that's how God showed us His love. Maybe so we didn't focus on that outward so much. Maybe so we could look beyond what we see outwardly, physically, and look deeper. And when it comes to what we need in terms of love, are we really looking into the deep places where love is needed most? 
And just like the people of old missed the fact that the Messiah had come in an unlikely way and the most unassuming of people, we probably need to consider the different ways in our own lives that we need love. We can say, yes, physically I, I need love, but how about the emotional part? How about the spiritual part? Are we missing those aspects because we're getting caught up in, again, what others are telling us and others are saying the definition of love is? Are we fixating a love on a love that's defined more by physical than anything else and therefore missing what God's intent was, what God's definition is? And Jesus gave us this new definition of love in John 15 when he said that there's no greater love than that we lay down our lives for a friend. And t- Jesus didn't just throw that out there either. He didn't just say, hey, okay, there's no greater love than this. Now go and do it. No, Jesus said there's no greater love than laying down your life and I'm going to show you how to do that. I- I'm going to come and I'm going to inhabit time and space. I'm going to put on flesh And I'm going to lay down my life for you. And we know because the Bible tells us over and over again that God is love. God was willing to make a sacrifice for the sake of love. We look for love in all kinds of places, but we're not going to find that kind of sacrificial, selfless love anywhere else. And Paul writing to the church in Corinth who had some kind of messed up ideas of what love really was, he introduces in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians this idea to them of what love looks like. And this is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always loves, always perseveres. Love never fails. And it's that love that God shows us in a very unlikely way, in a very unlikely source through, through Jesus. One who we would turn our eyes away from. An unlikely person. The Bible says that God is love. And so if we consider that God is love and we think about this passage that Paul shares with with us in 1 Corinthians, what happens when we replace the word love with God? This is what happens. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. And God never fails. Can you think of any other place in the world where you can find all those characteristics in one person or one thing 
You may be able to find one, two, maybe if you're lucky, three. But to find all of those characteristics, we're going to come up short every single time unless we're going to God, the one who created us, the one who defines love for us. And so if we're God's ambassadors, if we're God's representatives on this earth, and God is love, and and we're following after Him, what happens when we change things around even more and and put ourselves into that passage? This is what we have. I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I'm not proud. I do not dishonor others. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. I never fail. Can we all raise our hands and say, oh yeah, I embody that big time. It's funny how how that goes, right? And I don't put that up there to, to beat us all down and say, wow, I suck. I really can't keep any of this stuff. No, it's as a reminder That God is love, and He's the only one that we can go to to find those characteristics fully and wholly and perfectly displayed for us. We can't find this love anywhere else, and we could never embody any of those characteristics without the power of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. There's no way that we could even come close to doing that. You know, throughout this series, when we started a couple weeks ago, jumping into Advent, we started talking about how we're being stewards of what God gives us in Advent. We talked about how we're stewarding hope, how are we passing hope off to other people. Last week, we talked about passing the peace, not just here in the four walls of a a church or a building, but how are we passing peace on to other people? And I wonder how we're passing peace and passing love to others as well. How are we embodying that picture of love that Paul gives us, the one that we know God defines? How are we doing with that? You know, the Ryan family read in the beginning from Isaiah 54, Though the mountains be shaken, the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Look, if we're honest, all of us have probably looked in the wrong places for love. We've probably gone to the wrong places at some time or another to get our definition of love and to think that we had found it. Maybe we thought we found it in a relationship or in a job or in a sport or whatever it might be. And it came up short for us. But I wonder when we hear this passage from Isaiah, do we hear the Word of the Lord just speaking randomly out there? Or do we hear the Word of the Lord speaking to us? He says, though the mountains be shaken, the hills be removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. For my covenant of peace will not be removed. See, love is not a fair-weather friend. 
Love doesn't abandon us at the first sign of pain. And when there's a, a grenade, love doesn't run the other way. Love jumps on the grenade and shows us sacrificial love. In many places we look for love, but we're not going to find it fully and completely except for in Jesus. I, I love the Jesus Storybook Bible, and there's so many things in here that, uh, that just point, again, to Jesus. That's the whole premise of it. And, and right after Adam and Eve sin and the story, the account in here of, of what happens in the garden, you know, she kind of lays out of what you expect the story to be when, when God sends out Adam and Eve from the garden and says, hey, you know, you can't be here anymore. And it could easily end there. But she says it doesn't end there. The story doesn't end there. And I love this passage and how she puts it. She writes this. God loved his children too much to let the story end there. Even though he knew he would suffer, God had a plan, a magnificent dream. One day he would get his children back. One day he'd make the world their perfect home again. And one day he'd wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see, no matter what, in spite of everything, God would love his children with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And though they would forget him and run from him, deep in their hearts, God's children would miss him always and long for him. Lost children yearning for their home. Before they left the garden, God whispered a promise to Adam and Eve. It will not always be so. I will come to rescue you. And when I do, I'm going to do battle against the snake. I'll get rid of the sin and the dark and the sadness you let in here. I'm coming back for you. And he would. One day, God himself would come. And that's what we celebrate this time of year. The fact that God himself came back. He fulfilled his promise in an unexpected way. In a way that we're not necessarily looking for. But God promised us that he would do that and he fulfills his promise the bible says in romans chapter 5 8 god demonstrates his own love for us in this while we are still sinners christ died for us that even though we didn't deserve it even though that love might we might look or think that it's reserved for somebody who who is worthy of it god says no i still love you He still loved Adam and Eve, even though they were sent out of the garden, but God had a perfect plan, just like his word says. He pursued us and made a way back to himself for us. And that's what we celebrate this time of year. That's what we celebrate in Advent. And so God's shown us his never stopping, his never giving up, his unbreaking always and forever love. And I wonder what we're doing with that love. Have we accepted it? Have we received it and said, yes, okay, I don't deserve it, but God, I'm going to take this never giving up, this never stopping, this never failing, this always and forever love, and receive it. And then once we accept that and receive it, are we passing it on to other people? Just like we pass hope, just like we pass peace, are we passing that love on to other people? And so, continuing to ask ourselves these same questions, but specific to the week. What do we do with this? 
Where is it in our lives that we need love? Where is it that we can feel it? You know, I, I think we do a really good job of pretending that something's not there or even of covering something up. But if we're really honest and we, we let the Holy Spirit do some work in us, He will reveal to us where it is that we need that, that love from Him the most. And then I wonder where it is that we find that love. Where is it that we've been going? And again, I don't ask these questions to shame us. I don't ask those questions for us to say, oh, well, you know, that stinks. Look, look where I've been going. No. Because unless we name it, unless we call it out and say, hey, here's where I've been going for love, God. And I know that it's not the right place. But the only way that I can get back to finding love in the only place where it's fully and perfectly given out is through you. And then once we find that love, how are we giving that love away? And again, not, not just, it's, it's easy for us this time of year to say, okay, well, there's lots of things. There's angel trees over there, and we can give presents to other people. We, but what are we doing? And I'm not trying to, to downplay the importance of that stuff, but what are we doing the rest of the year? Are we loving people? Uh, the, the same way, or are we just doing it because it's Christmas? You know, I always hated this idea of, of Santa Claus putting off to kids because it's like, well, I guess this is the only way parents can get kids to behave is to say, hey, somebody's watching you. And at the same time, we do that with God, right? And we say, God is watching us. But we shouldn't do what we do because we're afraid of this, you know, almighty Thor hammer to come down on us. We should do it because out of the love that we've experienced from God, we understand that we need to give that love to other people. So how are we doing with that? And what are we going to do this week that we can pass on that love to the people around us? Let me pray for us. God, I, I am grateful for your love. I'm grateful that though I'm undeserving of it, and though I have no business receiving it, that God, you've given it to me. And so, Father, I pray that I would be a good steward of that love, that I would pass it off to other people, and that, that, God, they would see your love. They would see you first and foremost. And so, Father, may we be stewards of the love of God that we've received, that others would see it, would know it, and that they would be changed just as you've changed us. We pray, God, that, that we would be good stewards of that love that you have shown us. In Jesus' name, amen. God loved us so much that he sent his son to put on flesh and to die for us, even while we were still sinners. That's love. Never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Let's go and show that love to the world today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at thebranchashland at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Give us a review and share with your friends and family. 
Thanks for listening. See you next time.